Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexia Jewels. I am very excited today because my guest, his name is Tony Howell. Did I pronounce that right, Tony? Tony Howell's with an S. Per perfect. Um, okay. He is the founder of Dyslexia Works Facebook page, and he is from the UK. So, you know, and that's what Dyslexia Jewels is all about, is just sharing our journeys as dyslexics um, across the world and helping to change that that perception that people have of dyslexia. So welcome, Absolutely. Tony. Thank you for that. being here. Thank you. Um, why don't you start by kind of just sharing your dyslexia story uh, when you first knew you had dyslexia and what that journey was kind of like for you? Okay, well, as a small child, um, I knew I was different than most other people, particularly my siblings. I have, I have two brothers and a sister. Um, I would guess I would be around about five or six years old when I found it very difficult to read. Um, I also found it very difficult to write, but in a slightly different way. I still don't particularly, as an, as an older person, I still don't find it particularly easy to read anymore although thankfully we live in an age now where we have computers yes. and my computer's set up so that it can read to me and quite often I can talk to the computer and it'll type for me so I do have a tendency to use technology um, so what was it like really very very frustrating as a child to not to be able to pick up a book and just be able to read it as easily as, as, as other people did and, and get that pleasure out of it. The really strange thing, in the UK at that time, after, just after school at about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there used to be a programme on TV called Jackanory, and it read stories to you from books. <laughs> so I started to listen to Jackanory, and I found it enthralling that all of a sudden I had this access to written information that everybody else had but in my head I could see all these other things all these pictures and all of these things going on with the characters that other people just didn't <laughs> seem to be able to see so it was really from from being being five years old and onwards and and, and later on in life uh, you know I, to, to sort of quote an example I left school at 16 years old with virtually no qualifications whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> but by a strange set of circumstances, I uh, became a mechanic in a garage fixing automobiles and okay. trucks and, uh, and um, combined harvesters, you know, um, uh, agricultural equipment, that sort of thing. But it was like I was meant to do it. I just understood machines. I just... I just knew what was going on inside of them and how to take them to bits in my mind. Oh. Even though the people around me couldn't see it at all. You know, there was people who were trained for years and years and years in front of me, and there would be, there'd be something very complex and something very difficult going on inside this machine. And I'd say it was so-and-so, so-and-so. And when we took it to bits, it was so-and-so, so-and-so that was wrong yeah. with it. <laughs> I love that because... I, I don't have a college degree. Um, the reason I didn't go to college is because, you know, I struggled all through high school. My disability didn't get diagnosed until I was an adult. And yeah, my yeah, parents, yeah. my parents yeah. didn't want to send me to college because they didn't think I was smart enough. And, yeah, 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 yeah. 
But the things that I've been able to do, like in my career, uh, most people do have a degree for that. But it's like you're saying, our brains are wired so differently. And that's that perception I want to help people understand, you know, how there's so much brilliance in there. So I I know to go ahead. Uh, there was one one thing that you said actually in your in, in that little bit of uh, speech there. You said I've got my diagnosis, and it's the one thing I've taken exception with all of my life. Diagnosis tends to assume there is something wrong with us. Yes. So you get a di- you get a diagnosis when you're ill. You get a diagnosis when you have cancer or when you have, you know, uh, something wrong with your kidneys or something like that. Uh, With dyslexics, there isn't anything wrong with us. We're just different. Yeah. So really, it's about discovering what our differences are and finding out what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are and how we use those strengths and weaknesses to be able to be the person that we should be. So I've never, ever said to anybody I was diagnosed. I was assessed about uh, 20 years ago now by our National National Dyslexia Association in the UK. And when the lady actually uh, did the assessment on me, she said to me, uh, I just can't understand how you've ever done any education in your life. She said, I've never met anyone like you. I've never met. She said, your brain is wired up completely wrongly. She said, you're using all the bits of, uh, of, the, uh, of your um, intelligence that you should be using for things like maths and English and that sort of she, You're using all of that for artwork. She said, it's just completely muddled up. I said, well, it's just a rewiring job, that's all. You know? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just joked about it, really. Yeah. But um, I then... Uh, I was very fortunate that I did my engineering degree as an adult. In the UK, we have a thing called the Open University. And regardless of anything you've ever done in the past or where you've been educated, you can start a degree with them and they will support you through. So, uh, you know, we have the situation now where we've had soldiers come back from Afghanistan and they have no legs and an arm or something like that. And they go, they go to the Open University and do a degree. Well, they would not be able to go to a normal university. And people like me can't go to a normal university because they don't know what to do with us. They don't know how to support us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's such an incredible opportunity. I wish we had something like that here in the United States. I mean, I I can't even imagine. Um, As an adult, I have gone back to college and I've taken some classes but I would have to go right back to the beginning, you know, and do a lot of standard classes that would be incredibly difficult for me because it's yeah, like yeah. what you said, they don't know what to do with me. <laughs> they no, they don't. No. No. Yeah. No. And, and the fact of the matter is, as a person, as an adult, you're not broken. You're not... Uh, no you're just different than everybody else and the the big trick to to dealing with the way our our difference is finding out what those strengths are and what those weaknesses are and for many years now I've been going around uncovering practical solutions to not being able to read well not being able to write well 
not being able to concentrate properly. You know, how do you solve some of those problems on a practical uh, way of doing things? So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Um, you know, I, I was supporting a lady who uh, was doing a degree in law and was severely dyslexic. And I, uh, I said to her, you know, do you, do you have an iPhone? And she said, yes. I said, oh, well, in future, when you go to your lectures, um, stick your iPhone on a stand and, uh, and uh, press record and record the lecture that's going on, around, uh, going on around you, the questions and answers and stuff like that. And she said to me, well, what use is that? I said, just think you can listen to it time and time again. And with learning, with academic learning, um, dyslexic people, it's better if you can listen to the same thing time after time after time. But the interesting, the really interesting thing about dyslexic people is when you do that and they can listen to this, because it's bypassing having to read and they're listening to what's going on, generally, not always, generally, a dyslexic person takes up 80 or 90% more information in through their auditory learning. As a consequence, they can learn faster than people who are having to read a book. Yep. How amazing is that? I love it. I know. I've experienced that myself. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's what I want people to understand is, you know, we categorize, well, you have to learn this way. And if you don't learn that way, then there's something wrong with you, you know, but no, you can be as smart or even smarter than someone that oh, works say, in a yeah, standard yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I wanted to ask you um, is what advice would you give to someone else um, who has dyslexia and let's an adult, someone who's really struggling. Um, they're frustrated. You know, people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. What, what would you say to them? Well, one of the things I've found that's really good in terms of support, uh, as a, um, when I used to work in government, I, I grouped together people who were dyslexic and you know, people with learning disabilities, and we used to meet up once a month. There was never an agenda. We didn't sit and have an agenda. All we did was I used to say to people, if you have a problem, bring the problem with you and let's talk. you talk about the problem and there's going to be 20 other people there, 20 other brains, 20 other people sharing, and we might be able to find a solution to your problem. Yeah. So, you know, just accepting the fact, the first step for me with everybody is getting to, them to accept the fact that they are very different yeah. than people who don't have our disability. We learn, we feel, we think, we smell, we interact in a completely different way. You know, it, you know I meet some dyslexic people and it, when you talk to them and you say, well, what does it feel like for you as a person? You, oh, it's like, having me, it's like having me hearing turned up to volume 12. It overwhelms me, you know, or the smell is overwhelming or the sound around me is overwhelming. And again, as an example, when I used to work, I used to find movement, people passing my desk so disturbing so then I asked if I could go sit in a desk in the corner of, uh, of the room next to a window where there was almost no traffic all of a sudden concentration came back so it's finding working with other people 
you know, get get yourselves to be part of a group, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, whether you're an older person, get to be part of a group that shares and cares and can and offer you advice. You know, how do we share information? As human beings, we're far better sharing information and help being helpful towards each other because quite often you or me have had an experience that somebody else hasn't had. And we found a way of solving that 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 silly little problem that drives us all nuts, you know? Yeah. And I love the way that, you know, this was a group and everybody had dyslexia um, because yeah, yeah. I do I do feel like other dyslexics, we truly do understand each other. And oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it's true. If you have a problem, the person you should go to is someone with dyslexia because our brains are just wired to solve problems. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but I love that. Um, sometimes someone who doesn't have dyslexia can't necessarily understand um, yeah. some of the things that we do go through. So yeah. I love that advice so much. Yeah. What do you think um, is the greatest, although we've kind of talked about some things, but what would you say is the greatest misconception about people with dyslexia? Uh, that we're slow <laughs> and we're not intelligent. Yeah. The, the two are linked together. Um, the, the amount of people who say, well, I, as uh, I alluded to earlier on, is that in my childhood, I was threat, um you know, I'm now in my early 60s at school. People didn't know about learning uh, differences. Um, so you were just treat as though you were thick and stupid. But the, the interesting thing about it at school was I was in the top group for maths. So when it came to doing mathematics, I was, in the, you know, I, in fact, I was the top of the top group. Wow. I quite often used to say to the teacher, you know, you've done that working out wrong on the board. You know, that's incorrect. And they'd say, what do you mean? And I'd go up and I'd correct it. But I was in the bottom group for English. I couldn't do English to, you know, read and write particularly well at all. And even me writing today is not very good. But, you know, understanding your difference and how you can uh, uh, take that difference. There is one thing that I've seen right across the years. The one thing that I that all dyslexic people I've ever met have is they are incredibly persistent. They oh. don't give up on things. You know, they, they might yes. think, well, I'm not very good at English, so I'll, I'll leave that. Or, and then they'll be brilliant at something else. So like art or, or drama or, speak, or public speaking or whatever it is. The thing is to concentrate on, on what you're good at whilst at the same time trying to improve the things that you're not so good at. Yes. That's the key, key to these things. And sharing it with people like us who are dyslexic makes you understand that we're all slightly different. There are no two dyslexic people alike. Yep. And the, again, the most important thing to remember about dyslexics, quite often when you measure a person's IQ, and that's a measured intelligence, most dyslexic people are in the top 3% of their age cohort. Um, you know, so again, if you look back historically, there's a lot of evidence now that somebody like Pablo Picasso was dyslexic. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of evidence that Leonardo, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci was dyslexic. So just because, some, just because the education system per se, says you're not intelligent, doesn't mean to say you are 
not intelligent. It's just that they've learned to assess you in a very particular way that doesn't suit a person who's dyslexic. Yes. Yeah. You said yeah, that. It's incredible. You said that absolutely perfectly. Absolutely yes. perfectly. And I want to thank you for helping me to change the perception of dyslexia. Oh, yes, no problem that at all. It's, I love it to find other people have that passion. Um, but honestly, I think every dyslexic person in the world would love to be able to help change that perception. And they are in their, oh, oh, in yeah, their yeah, own yeah, way, yeah. because that's yeah, really yeah. what needs to change. So our, it, our children it, it, who are growing up can live in a different world, <laughs> you know, that it, truly yeah, understands. The, the interesting thing about it is both my wife and my daughter uh, are both teachers. And particularly my daughter, she teaches children with special needs. Um, and she has an absolute gift at working with children who have, who have, um, uh, you know, um, learning disabilities. She gets incredible work out of people that you would never believe in a million years was even in a million years was even possible. But that's the difference. Times moved on. We're now starting to understand what these things. But the real critical thing is how we all share that together and how we share those little improvements all of the time to help each other um, to be better at those things that we find difficult. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I can't, I honestly can't thank you enough um, for sharing today. You've completely inspired me. And I know that your words are going to inspire other people, but help other people too, to understand. Um, because everybody knows someone who's dyslexic, um, even if they aren't themselves. So, but thank you so much, Tony, for being my guest. Thank you. You're very, you're very welcome. And actually, I'll leave you with one little thought that I've uh, implanted in many dyslexic brains over the years. There's, there's reputed, depends where you go in the world, but there's reputed to be somewhere between 10 and 15% of the world's population is dyslexic. Yeah. If that's true, and it is true, yeah. that makes us normal. How incredible <laughs> is that? I love it. <laughs> well, do, I love no, it. seriously, absolutely we're, seriously. We're assessed normal. normal, thank you. <laughs> we are normal. We're just different. We're that's just right. different. I love you know, that. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And I'm always happy to help if anybody else wants to talk to me anytime. That's, That's awesome. no problem at all. Yes. Um, I am going to tag you actually um, Dyslexia Works Facebook page in my post. Please Thank you. like the page. Go there. It's a supportive community. It's inspirational, very positive. And as Tony said, please reach out to him too. We are all here to support each other. So we're signing off on this um, episode of Dyslexia Jewels. And thank you so much again, Tony. Cheers, you're very welcome. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody.